Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, Senior. We find ourselves midweek. <laughs> That's some pretty good narration going there. Go on. I like this show. In a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, on this Wednesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Joe Biden, race warrior. Race warrior. As he's trying as hard as he can to whip up racial hatred. To, to, to solidify his core. You know, over the last five years, we have ignored a lot of uh, D.C. stories that we, certainly I, felt like are just, you know, they're just crap people talk about on cable news and talk radio, and they go away and nobody ever thinks about it. And it's just, you know, Trump liked to jerk around the media, and then everybody react, and blah, 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 and every day. And we, we ignored a lot of those. But... And I think ultimately this is one of those, but if the president of the United States, the sitting president of the United States, says what's happening in America is the worst thing since the Civil War, I suppose you can make a pretty good argument that you ought to pay attention to what that is, even though it's silly. Well, yeah, yeah, but often the the silly, the stupid, the unwise, the out of left field has an effect. It it captures people, and 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 it, it well, it as I've said many times, it whips up a whirlwind that those who whip it up think, ah, yes, now we'll manage the whirlwind, and it ends up destroying a hell of a lot of people, including the whirlwind whipper upper. Well, we've got a good example coming up. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, July fourteenth. The year 2021, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I just whistled when I talked, Armstrong and Getty, Pooh. Happy Wednesday, Pooh. I talk Happy like Wednesday. Wednesday from Winnie right. the Pooh. Eh, what are you going to do? Uh, a, a, a quick personal note, honorary honorary general manager today, my uh, my laptop computers, which are apparently in open revolt. Uh, <laughs> this is the worst crisis since the Civil War. <laughs> I got one won't talk to its mouse. The other refuses to print. I've rebooted twice. And, and again, excuse me, indulge me for a second. Listen, you two. Do you see this hammer? Do you see it? All right, enough said. Well, threaten your computers with a hammer. That's the final step in IT, Jack, is, you know, smash it with a hammer. Stop the hammering! I'm about to start the hammering, you yammering... Oh, I almost didn't I uttered an unkind word there, and I apologize. I'm sorry, I'm a Christian man. <laughs> I'm a Christian man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. I I do not I do not know how to comment on the state of our politics today and it's been going this direction for years and you know there's blame to go around all over the place but we're at such a funhouse mirror point of American history we have the democratic legislators of Texas singing we shall overcome on the capitol steps because the majority in Texas wants to not have 24-hour voting that they instituted only for the pandemic. 
Correct. And they want to go back to regular voting, which is more hours of voting than they have in lots of states, including the president's own home state. You mean minor changes to voting. You have legislators singing, we shall overcome, which used to be a bunch of black people and sympathetic white people hand in hand talking about we're, we're going to overcome men on horses with nooses lynching people to stop them from voting. We're going to overcome that. Now, this is just, it's, I don't, I don't even know how, how to talk about this anymore. Well, one of the most disgusting aspects of this, and the New York Times would be writing Pulitzer Prize winning essays on this, were the roles reversed, is that to do that, those Texas legislators singing We Shall Overcome so cheapens the oh, civil right, rights movement right. to, to try to, like, they, they bought a T-shirt, and now they consider themselves, you know, uh, civil rights warriors. And for the president to continually evoke Jim Crow, the Jim Crow era in American history, where people were lynched for trying to vote, their houses burned down, their children beaten, their women raped, and Texas saying, all right, we're going to go back from 29 days of early voting to 20, because that should be plenty after the COVID. That's Jim Crow that cheapens Jim Crow. It it makes everybody think, oh, that Jim Crow thing. I don't know much about it, but it must it must have been a big nothing. Way to go, Joe. Well, for nearly a century in some parts of the country, black people just flat out couldn't vote. Right. Uh, that was the Jim Crow era. Wow. It's and it's I, aftermath. It, is there a limit to how far you can go with overstating things, with hyperbole, with uh, uh, stunts? Is there a limit? Are we there? Can we go further? I I don't know. This is At some point, people will will turn it off. They'll tune it out. I'm just surprised that there aren't more smarter people that aren't on more on the side of hey, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, we're going to damage the system so badly that there's no coming no coming back, and it's not going to be a Republican or Democrat problem. It's going to be an America problem. I don't understand how there aren't more people that get that. Uh, I just wonder if they don't get the attention because that's not a very exciting message. And and one well, thing I, to people remember: have people in prominent positions like Joe Biden himself. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe he's saying this stuff. I know. I really I can't. Uh, it's shocking. he's supposed it's to be the grown up. Yeah. Well, that's what he ran on, the great uniter, and he is trying as hard as he can to whip up racial hatred. It's just, it's it's ugly. Uh, you know, the one thing we need to remember as uh, young Sean, uh, former disgruntled employee, actually, he seemed gruntled when he left. Seemed pretty damn gruntled. I talked yeah. to him just the other day. He was very gruntled when I was on the phone with him. Yeah. Love Sean. Fine fella. Boy, Things the trains great. ran oh, on time. When, when Sean was here, it was a good times. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) uh, as he would uh, hasten to point out, uh, Clickonomics runs everything on the Internet and in the news business now. Insatiable desire for clicks has has turned uh, news reporters and editors into just complete street-walking hoes. And in the same way, (laughs) hyperbole equals fundraising in politics whipping people up equals fundraising reasonable ideas presented reasonably uh, get people to rub their chin and think hmm i like that policy but it doesn't get the millions of dollars pouring in and so politicians have become these insatiable cokeheads for for fundraising uh, uh, my belief is and i uh, there's there's data to back this up um i believe that still so much of the world, of our politics, of everything, 
is being jerked around by Twitter. Um, way too many of us, including us, including myself, get led various directions of thought by Twitter when it's a tiny percentage of the loudest people out there. And the president is and his people are hearing the, the loud Twitter voices, and they think this whole voting rights thing is the big issue. And I and you know like the infrastructure stuff, the human infrastructure, all that stuff is being driven by the Twitter crowd, the blue checkmark Twitter crowd. And I think the president and his people pay way too much attention to it. That's not where normal people are. That's not no, where I most of America is. But Twitter just gets has so much influence. I don't know when we'll all be able to step away from Twitter and say, "All right, shut up, Twitter. We're not listening to you anymore." Your, yeah. your your latest anger over this or that or right, raising this issue to the top, we're ignoring you now. I wish Jack Dorsey would actually step in with some useful guidelines in Twitter, as opposed to just censoring people at the behest of Anthony freaking Fauci and, uh, and say, all right, uh, you made your argument. He made his argument. Now you have to specifically address the points made in the other person's argument, or you can't tweet again. You can't just shout, you're a racist, and then repeat your premise. All right? You're wasting everybody's time. So the measures in the bill in Texas that passed the House because the Republicans have the majority, although they can't actually get it into law because the Democrats aren't there and they don't have a quorum, which is enough people to make something count. Anyway, Having the, flown on a private jet with no face masks. Anyway, the Democrats will come back at some point and this will become law. But what, what it will do is it will end drive-through voting, which they only put in place for the COVID, you see. And now they're taking it back away again. They're not doing Because they've never, ever had it in Texas history something crazy going back to a previous era, like in the 60s isn't happening. We're going back to 2019 voting, which you were fine with then. They're ending 24-hour polling places because they said it's just not really possible to have poll workers, enough of them, 24 hours a day at various places to keep an eye on everything and make everything work correctly. They're banning ballot drop boxes, which is a horror they're empowering partisan poll workers so you can have people from both parties there to watch the polling. What part of that is horrible? And am I leaving anything out? I appeal to you, uh, the listener. If there's something we're leaving out here that you think is a horror in this Texas law, for instance, um, feel free to text 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. As always... Getting real information on these things is hard. You have to go to multiple sources, and you have to check their bona fides at every turn to try to figure out what is and isn't happening. But I sure don't see anything that's as bad as the Civil War, or as bad as anything going back to the Civil War. I just plowed through a bunch of information on a bunch of different states before the show uh, this morning, and there are a couple of places where, uh, for instance, I think it may be Georgia, where the right to file an, a, a suit about the election was moved from the Secretary of State to the Attorney General as part of the voting reform thing. And the New York Times was speculating that, well, that could empower a Republican if a Republican is the Attorney General and the, and the Secretary of State is there, then the Republican could. And there was a whole bunch of, like, uh, speculative, it, this could happens, but there's no, there's no history of it post 1964. None. The ultimate, so it's just, it's, it's, it's just fear mongering. The ultimate goal of Democrats in DC is to get this HR1 through its legislation to where the federal government would basically take over voting 
I haven't seen anybody explain how that's going to fly with the Constitution because that's not the way it's supposed to work. But that's what the ultimate goal is, and uh, they don't have the votes currently to be able to pull that off. Kamala Harris uh, on uh, NPR today speculated that they may make a carve-out about the filibuster for voting laws, that you only need 50 votes to pass voting laws. Oh, boy. That the filibuster wouldn't count, so you wouldn't need you know 10 Republicans to get on board. So that's at least out there as a, as a possibility today. This is the great coming apart, I think. Well, I mean, because the filibuster, the existence of it, and uh, Kirsten Cinema wrote a really eloquent piece, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I hang hung on to for a long time. But she was pointing out that the idea of the thing is when the weighty stuff comes, you've got to have buy-in from both sides because this is the entire United States is governed by the laws of the Senate, and the worst thing we can have is wild veering back and forth between administrations, and that's why the filibuster exists and the Senate needs to be calm and deliberative, blah, 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 blah. To toss that out for an unprecedented federal takeover of elections and pass that 50 plus the vice president uh, to 49, uh, that's just, that's an insane idea, and yet we're going to give it a try. Yeah. Uh, I got more to say on that. We'll get to it later because uh, you know, the story is going to be big today. Uh, how's mailbag look, which is coming up next? It's very good if I can uh, get the printer to print. Okay. If not, it, it'll be a disaster. It'll I, just be another example of the undoing of this beautiful country. Again, if you can, uh, if you got any problem with what they're doing in Texas, the voting laws that we're not uh, seeing or talking about, hit us on the text line 415-295-KFTC. Well, in Great Britain, they're Great Britain. They're about to do something with social media that we certainly would never do in the United States. And I wouldn't want us to uh, uh, limiting their freedom. Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, maybe the Biden administration did go after uh, Russian cyber hackers. There's some evidence of that in the New York Times. Kids are starting to get the Delta variant in some kind of scary ways. Small sample size, but we can talk about that later. Also, uh, throughout the day, we'll be keeping you up to date on this weird thing going on with the President of the United States saying what's happening with voting rights is the worst thing since the Civil War. I mean, you can't ignore a statement like that from the President of the freaking country. I think it's all crap. I think it's just, you know, hyperbole of the day, but that's a strong statement, man. Americans tearing each other apart, half a million people dying. This is this is on that level. What? Here's your freedom loving quote of the day. It's simple. It's powerful. Once again, Alexander Solzhenitsyn from the Gulag Archipelago. Unlimited power in the hands of limited people always leads to cruelty. And as many sages have uh, have described through the years, the more power, uh, the more cruelty. That Gulag book is the main reason that he won the Nobel uh, Prize for Literature. Read the uh, truncated version, not the full version. It's too long. It's like 19,000 yeah. pages or something. Well, and the other great one is a uh, day in the life of what's-his-face, the Russian guy. What's his? Uh, Ivan Ivanich or something like that. Uh, yeah, Ivan Ivanovich. It's great. It's classic. Mm-hmm. Mailbag. Hey, the 
I still can't get anything to print. I don't know why. Call in tech supporters. I think it may be ransomware. Moving along, Jim writes, Guys, very much appreciated your coverage and analysis of election integrity. We must be able to demonstrate that our election process is consistently secure. Otherwise, the results are to be rightly questioned. By both sides. So it's going to be bad for America all the way around. Uh, Voter ID is a great first step toward vote integrity. If election results are the end result of a legal process, and they are, then the ballots are the evidence and must be treated accordingly. We must be able to demonstrate within reason a chain of custody which demonstrates election integrity. No criminal in jail today would remain incarcerated were the evidence against him handled in the same slipshod and inconsistent manner as our ballots. Really well said there, Jim. Appreciate the thoughts. Uh, Alvin and Berkeley, frequent correspondent, writes... Uh, Jack Joe, so uh, Richard Branson said while floating around in his space plane, as a kid, I dreamed of doing this. Imagine what kids today can dream about. Teacher union bosses say, let's teach the kids critical race theory. All right, that's what they're dreaming about. Listen to this tale, would you, from Dr. Al Anonymous. Childhood friend is a junkie in San Francisco, homeless. Girlfriend needed a tooth pulled and reached out to me. So we met up, I pulled the tooth. She's telling me she went to Sacramento to have their kid, and the hospital took the child away instantly for good reason. They're homeless junkies. Are they going to get any money for that child from the government? I don't think they have a bank account, but there will be some horrible parents with lots of neglected kids getting government deposits. But at least they'll spend that money on the kids, right? Wow. We've got some more news of the day. Where is all that education money going among the stories? And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Something good coming up next segment. Why is it always next segment that the good stuff is in? Don't give away our secrets. I used to think that with every magazine I subscribed to, and it would say next issue, and I'd think, why is the next issue always the good issue? <laughs> um, uh, Leonard Nimoy, who was Spock in Star Trek, in a TV special from the 70s talking about the coming Ice Age that scientists were predicting, because Joe and I are of the age where you grew up in school being told that we were about to enter into an Ice Age because of global, mm-hmm. global cooling. Exactly. Be be very afraid. Take this seriously. Be as afraid as Greta Thunberg is. A brief comment on the COVID situation currently, then we'll move on, because I am practically a guy now that if they start talking COVID on my TV or my radio, I dive for the dial. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of tired of it. But it's all been said. Not only are cases up 109 percent, rolling seven day average in America, in almost every state, cases are up. Deaths are now up. 17% rolling 17-day average. And in Mississippi, they got seven kids in the ICU and one on life support with the Delta variant. Hmm. Uh, as there is some belief that this is more damaging to kids than the previous version that was uh, going around. So we'll have to keep yeah, our eye on all that. It's not a terribly populous state. That is concerning. Yeah. So a couple of different things. Um, you may be aware of the ransomware group Revil. Is that the way you pronounce it? It's capital R, capital E, V-I-L. How do you pronounce it? Or is it R-Evil? R-Evil, is that the way they say it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, R-Evil is the, is the big one out there. They've pulled off a couple of the biggest ransomware attacks in the history of ransomware attacks. Well, it's possible that we got to them. The New York Times is reporting that just days after President Biden demanded that that Putin shut down ransomware groups, 
The most aggressive of the groups, are evil, suddenly went offline yesterday. The mystery is, who made that happen? And there is some speculation that we did. We took them out, somehow, their ability to do their hmm. thing. I find it more likely that Putin said, they seem to be serious, finally. Guys, take six months off. Either way is fine. Either way is fine. I mean, if, if Putin felt enough pressure from Biden that he actually is policing his own people, I mean, that's what, he, that's what we told him to do. So, there you go. There's that. We'll see if they come back with a different name from a different spot with a vengeance. This is about as predictable as the sunrise. So the various stimulus packages bouncing around late last year, early this year, with more billions and billions of dollars to schools that had already gotten billions and billions of dollars from their own states and uh, didn't need it because, one, the COVID was practically over and it had been proven that you could be open with the ventilation system you already had. There are plenty of schools that were open and were just fine. Mm-hmm. Here's the headline. Schools are receiving $129 billion in stimulus aid across the country. Where is it going? There's money for summer schools, tutors, and field trips, but other urgent needs will not be addressed. Very little of it going to anything having to do with COVID at this point. Because they got so freaking much money, they spent it in any half-assed way you could even think of spending it on COVID with a whole bunch of things you didn't even need, but it was COVID money. Well, now they're spending it on other stuff. Well, and as I recall, as every wave goes out, there's still tens of billions unspent from the previous wave. They don't know what to do with it. So um, uh, one school is complaining about the restrictions on the money, saying they were open all last year. They've got billions of dollars. They were open all last last year. They didn't need the COVID money, but they're not going to turn it away. What they would like to build is a new building because it's a very, very old school. It's in Kentucky or Tennessee or someplace like that. And uh, it's a very, very old school, and they want to build a new building. But because of the restrictions that were put on the COVID aid, you have to spend it by a certain date. They can't get the building built. So he's going to spend it on uh, various field trips. Well, we're going to take all the high school students, for instance, to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. That's a great trip, but it's a singular event. It'd be much better and have more lasting impact if we could add on to one of our existing schools as we need a, a new school and it needs to be bigger. But we're not allowed to spend the money that way. Shut so up. Central planning is better. Central planning. So we're just going to spend it on a bunch of really you know high end, like your kid goes to a $60,000 a year private school field trips because we have to spend it in a certain amount of time. Top down. The best government is central government. Everything comes out of D.C. No local decision making. Oh, you fools. Isn't that Trust just, us, the wise and powerful. Isn't that just unbelievable? Yeah, it is. It's incredibly frustrating, honestly. And not the least bit surprising. Well, and, and, and you know, let's leap from that lily pad to this one. Uh, headline, the Washington Post. Rent prices are surging. That's ominous news for inflation rates. Cost of housing skyrocketing in the United States, not just for buyers. Rents are also rising. The rent um, is too damn high. And most of the inflation rate is calculated using the actual price of goods and services. Uh, they don't include housing in, in a lot of the measures. But um, anyway, long story short is uh, skyrocketing housing prices are, are causing uh, another wave of people moving from here to there and postponing job decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Now, part of it has to do with the downturn during COVID. Um, but if you include food and and uh, and housing in the uh, inflation numbers, they're they're scary. They're huge. Did you hear? I you know I think you said this yesterday, Jack. But I must have been preparing the next thing or something. Prices went up one percent in June. Mm-hmm. In a month, three months in a row, it's gone up, and it's gone up scary amounts. Yeah, 
And and we just keep pumping more and more money into the economy, even as there are still piles of money sitting on the sidelines. This is a heck of an this this is digging up a corpse from the graveyard in Transylvania and putting electricity to its brain and trying to revive it. This is Frankenstein level dangerous. This the, the, the well this is experimenting with enhanced bat viruses dangerous. Yeah, well I've. You know, I've mentioned this several times, uh, a bunch of good articles I've read in the Wall Street Journal from people of all political stripes saying this is an experiment in economics. Nobody's ever done this before. Nobody's ever pumped out this much money. Nobody's ever uh, thrown this much money in this direction and that direction. Nobody's ever done this before. So we don't know what it'll do over time. So, yeah, listen yay, to this. let's take the ride. Wee! Put your hands up in the air. Wee! We're taking a ride. <laughs> Rents for single-family detached homes, the type most people own, were up almost 8% in April. Oh my god. Moving up. That's crazy. I I I just I don't and I don't want to bring everybody down. I just, I really really don't. I would rather make ridiculous jokes. Do you listen to the Armstrong and Getty show? You tune in and they make you wish you'd never even gotten out of bed. It's fantastic. Relentless negativity. I love it. I listen to country music. Oh no, you should tune in the Armstrong and Getty show. They'll make you wish you weren't alive. When you're not terrified, <laughs> you'll be depressed. It's great. <laughs> I'm so sorry, folks. I'm so sorry. I just, I, 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 I feel like I'm, uh, you know, one of those cops at the Capitol saying, hey, this is getting uglier and uglier. We really need backup on January 6th. There, the people appear to be like militant and angry. Can we get some backup, please? Can you please send the National Guard? Well, nobody's picking up the phone. Here's some good news. Make you proud to be an American. Team USA men's basketball finally put a whooping on somebody. After losing two games in a row for the first time since we allowed the pros to play, starting back in 92, we finally whooped up on somebody. Take that, Argentina, by 30 points. You suck, Argentina. (laughs) Wow. Finally found a patsy we could get over on, huh? (laughs) Uh, Kevin Durant uh, came off his, uh, well, you know what? He just came out of the playoffs, and it took him a while to get his, his mojo going. And Sure. He just, he whooped up on these foreigners. Yeah, well, like that, you know, foreigners. This is our it, sport, foreigners. Anybody who's soccer. ever, I'm sorry, his rant wasn't done. I apologize. Uh, anybody who's ever watched regular season basketball, particularly early season basketball versus playoff basketball, understands that sometimes these guys play hard, sometimes they do not. It is possible that Kevin Durant saying, "Look, I'm one of the two or three best players in the history of the game, maybe," and. uh I'm not going to waste my time on playing, who are you again, Australia, until the games start, all right? And then I'm, I'm going to kick your ass without even thinking about it. Exactly. I'm not going to run my tank down against Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> it could be it. I don't know. I hope that's it. I hope that's it. So we've got to co- get to the coming terror of the global ice age. Also, uh, excerpts from a book I've just become aware of. Los Angeles is hideous. Poems about an ugly city. What? <laughs> By uh, Andrew Heaton, the the writer and comedian. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. Awesome. Los Angeles is hideous. Poems about an ugly city. George Bush, former president, uh, the uh, the younger one, well, the one that's still alive, obviously, is weighing in <laughs> on Afghanistan, and uh, um, uh, he he thinks we're making a huge mistake. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. But man, the Taliban took a huge uh, prize. Overnight, one of the major crossings with Pakistan where they're going to be able to uh, extort a whole bunch of money out of people because a lot of goods travel through there. And it just, you know, the the Afghan army just just said, it's yours now. They took it over. 
Anywho, all that stuff on the way. Again, if there's something about the voting laws in Texas or some of these so-called voter suppression laws that we're missing that are real, please alert me to them. I've been seeking this information left and right, trying to get to the truth. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. I wonder if I could still hit the note at the end of this song. I used to be able to. This is theme from the TV show Star Trek. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, If you're not a nerd, you might not know that. Before we get to Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek, I'm I'm not done. How about some manners? Here we go. Here we go. Something broke! <laughs> and then you stick around to see, is this a fat William Shatner or a fit William Shatner? Depends <laughs> exactly. on the season and the episode. Oh, man, he, he really bellied up to the buffet after that first season where they had the, a minor hit. <laughs> uh, speaking of space shows, Mandalorian tied with The Crown for first place in Emmy nominations. The Mandalorian and The Crown. You can't get much more different than that for TV shows. Although I noticed that Almost none of the major categories, actor, actress, all the various things, is the Mandalorian uh, nominated in. So they must get a must have been a lot of special effects, makeup, sound, lighting, that sort of stuff. Because it was visually pretty freaking amazing. The Mandalorian, yeah, yeah, but the kind of uh, acting that that wins awards these days, it's it's more you know Buck Rogers ish. More adventure showish, not like look at what a wonderful gifted actor I am. But with but with the crown and the Mandalorian commanding the most Emmy nominations, Joe came up with the idea of the Crown Delorean. Yes. Yeah. It's I've got a couple of different ideas. Number one, a guy who never takes off his helmet becomes the king of England and flies around. Um <laughs> or or I'm leaning toward the plucky young queen of England flies around space with baby Yoda. There you go. Like so it. it's it's one or the other. I mean, think of the demographics we'll get. You like the Please. Crown? I like the Mandalorian. Let's watch the Crown Delorean together. Yes, two great tastes that taste great together. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was Spock on Star Trek back in the day. <laughs> Please don't say Star Trek. It really <laughs> makes my skin crawl when you do that. All right. But here he is on a TV special in the '70s talking about the coming global ice age. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. During the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. Now, I think global warming is more real than that, but you can understand why people of a certain generation are a little skeptical with all this crap, because we grew up with that. That was in 1978, and that was on CBS, NBC, one of your major networks. It was a big special at night to warn the world, as you heard there, about famine and death and everything. This is a global desert. So we've heard all this before. You were just talking about the Ice Age. Here's a little more from Leonard. Well, before, I'm sorry. Before we get to that, let me point out that it was also on the covers of every major news magazine in 1978. It was super hot, if you'll pardon the expression. Climate experts believe the next Ice Age is on its way. 
According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. At weather stations in the far north, temperatures have been dropping for 30 years. Sea coasts, long free of summer ice, are now blocked year-round. According to some climatologists, within a lifetime, we might be living in the next ice age. You have stolen my childhood with your growing glaciers and your increasing Arctic ice. We heard for years. Anyway, that's that. So I loved, I loved the drama. The overreaching drama of it. And all those fudge words. Some experts believe there may be a chance. <laughs> okay. All right. Get back to me when you know anything. <laughs> There's a chance experts believe it will happen sooner than you thought. <laughs> I didn't think about it at all. What are you talking about, Spock? I liked it better when you were emotionless. Now you're a drama queen. This is not an improvement. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, speaking of actors, Mel Gibson, actor, director, Oscar-winning filmmaker. He's well, he made one of the most uh, revered movies in the history of motion pictures. To give some respect to Mel Gibson. Anyway, he was spotted in a video at the big UFC fight over the weekend. So Trump, I, I was surprised I didn't hear more about this. Trump went to see Conor McGregor uh, get his uh, foot broke off by that Dustin Puri guy. And Trump was there, and apparently at some point Mel Gibson spotted Trump and gave him a some sort of salute, and that has become a popular TikTok video for some reason. Can I can I get an NFT of that? An NFT? You get the F- NFT? Well, I guess sometimes they 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 put out like ten limited edition, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or there might be different phases of the salute that uh, you can get an NFT of. A TikTok video of the moment went viral earlier this week showing uh, Mel Gibson with his hand raised to his head in a salute as Trump walked by. <laughs> Snopes has confirmed this. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you can't have that sort of rumor going around. Uh, Man, this is a silly world. Well, what would you do if you got these super expensive seats and stuff like that, and then you look up and all of a sudden the, you know, you're moving your knees so the person can walk in front of you, and it's Donald Trump. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I might toss him a salute. There you go. Especially if I'm Mel Gibson. So uh, can I can I squeeze in one of the poems from Los Angeles is hideous? Here you go. Poems about an ugly city. Michael, do we have poetry music? I think we do. We used to anyway. Cheerful but lame would work. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Pretty as a cinder block smeared with lipstick. Oh, blight of traffic and concrete dumpsters. Thy principal building material is bathroom tiling grout. Drenched, drenched in sunlight as compensation, like a chef at Applebee's, drowning freeze-dried sadness in cheese. Wow. To hide the shame. The shame. Drowning oh. freeze-dried sadness in cheese. That's a hell of a line. <laughs> Welcome to Applebee's. Going on. <clears throat> All the beauty of a parking lot. And yet, ironically, you will never find a parking space. Watch them toss palm trees at strip malls to gussy up the streets, like injecting Botox into a corpse. (laughs) Behold the concrete slabs with squares gouged out, where dreamers peek from cramped rooms to gaze at hobos masturbating into open sores. Oh, boy. It's art. That's rough. You can't criticize art. That's some rough art. Hard square lines and jarring angles. Every neighborhood is the used tire district. 
Enjoy Yon Liquor Store with bars across the panes. There are no parks, but there are a lot of tent villages. Tis not a city, but a meat grinder that devours skinny hopefuls and burps out chunks of porn star. And then it gets into the stuff wow. I really can't read. Devours skinny hopefuls, burps out chunks of porn star. Then there's a, 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 a stanza, if you will, that's it's very good, but it's not arable. Mm-hmm. And ends with, Los Angeles is a prison yard with sparklers, chugging champagne beneath an overpass, a public toilet with a boob job, Instagram filters on a dead harlot. Wow. That's from the book, uh, Los Angeles is Hideous, Poems About an Ugly City, by Andrew Heaton. Well, I got to read more. There is more. Depends on the street you drive down. But uh, plenty of streets live up to that reputation. It's a public toilet with a boob job. I think that's a pretty good image. COVID cases in America have doubled in three weeks, and there's some concern that it's going to double again in the next three weeks. Uh, so we'll keep our eye on that at some point. Also, uh, Jason Riley, who we like around here, opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal about how critical race theory is a hustle. Keep it out of your schools. And he makes a point that I haven't heard near enough people make about critical race theory and why it is a problem, different than the reason most of us have been talking about. So that's on the way next hour. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, you can get the podcast armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.